The Chick in Charge podcast makes a concerted effort to highlight the best and the brightest, be it in business or in the community. Every once in a while, it gets to do both. Sylvia J. Webb has represented American Airlines for more than 30 years as a flight attendant and as a proud member of its African-American diversity and inclusion team. But Sylvia decided to reach for higher ground in 2007 when she formed 40 Girls and Some Shoes, an organization dedicated to collecting and donating shoes to people in need throughout Georgia. She has facilitated the donation of more than 35,000 shoes since its inception. Come listen to The Chicken Charge to hear the inspirational story of Sylvia Webb. Welcome to The Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Hey everybody, my name is Sarah Smith. I'm the co-host of The Chick in Charge with Mary Parker. Mary is the CEO of All-in-One Security, the founder of the Mary Parker Foundation. She is also an author, author of The Chick in Charge Autobiography, and host of The Chick in Charge Podcast. And also she has another project that is uh, just just starting, um, leading uh, a new, a new, what do we call it? Entity, a new space, a new place? Yes, entering a new stage of my life. Hello. Yes. This Very is good. A journey, part of the journey. <laughs> the journey is never over. Until it's over. Until it's over. <laughs> and Mary has also got a lovely, lovely guest here, Ms. Sylvia Webb, who is so cute. She's got such pretty. baby face. I know. <laughs> she looks, She's you look like you're 20. Yeah, she look, wow. You look like you're 20, but My, you're so you. pretty. Thank you so She's much. She's so pretty. Check thank out you. Instagram, everybody. You'll see Sylvia on Instagram. <laughs> thank you so much. And there you go, Mary. Thank you, Sarah. We're so happy My to be pleasure. here this morning. And you guys just, you know, overlook all the, 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 the glare that you're getting from this shining star today. Because I'm so excited about what we're doing over at Junction 2800, and Junction 2800 is our new ven- ven- our new venture, which is a community center that we're opening at 2800 Campbellton Road on the 18th of this month, and uh, so we're very very excited about that. You'll hear more about it, uh, but today I'm just glad to be here with you, and I'm always so inspired when. I have the opportunity to speak with other businesswomen because I know that the road is not easy, but it's worth it, and especially in the area of nonprofit. Right. So, Sylvia, I see that you you started your work out pretty much as a flight attendant, and you know, then going on to uh, represent diverse flight attendants within the industry, and on and on. But I'm going to let you tell your story. If you would just you know chime in, tell us who you are, how to how to reach you, how to support you, and then we'll talk about your foundation. All right. Well, thank you for having me here. I, I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to share my story and my journey with 40 Girls in Some Shoes with you. So my name is Sylvia Webb. I'm originally from Texas. Um, I have been a flight attendant, which started out with Piedmont, which became US Air, which became American Airlines recently. So I've been with them 30 years. 
I was. I who just would ever thought. Who I would know. ever think that she looks like she's twenty? Yes, I, I've been with them thirty years. Um, I uh, joined the uh, diversity and inclusion program with them after American um, suffered some situations uh, with uh, diversity on their aircrafts. So uh, I was selected as uh, to become a member of our African American Diversity Network uh, department, and so we represent uh, twenty eight thousand flight attendants. Wow! Uh, and are you still doing that now as well? I, I am still doing that. Uh, actually, American Airlines has honored me on numerous occasions, and uh, just as um, recent as la- about seven months ago, they donated 100,000 miles to 40 girls in some shoes for me to use uh, in whatever capacity I like for the organization. So it's, it's been a great experience uh, working there and, and just being a part of such a diverse group of people that I work with and, um, and them helping and supporting my, my personal endeavor, which is my baby, 40 girls in some shoes. Tell us about that. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question that's most often asked, which is where did the name come from? I love the name. The name comes from um, a group of girlfriends that I had known since childhood. We decided to celebrate our birthdays, our 40th birthday together, and we coined the phase of 40 girls in some shoes playing off of the um, 40 acres and a mule. Um, ah, I love and, that. And because that most women reach their, um, they reach their, point of being fully accepting of themselves at the age of 40. They've come through college, they've gotten married, they've had children, most have, or should be, should be, or on their way to success in business. At 40, you kind of come into your own and nothing else matters, you are woman, hear me roar. So that's why we chose 40 Girls I and I love it. I absolutely love that. And you know, I, I think I probably lost quite a few years between 25 and 40 because I kept my head down working yeah. as a single parent. I'd gone through the marriage and the college and having a kid and a career. But unlike so many women, I kept starting over. Ah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Many, many of us had done that as well, but you also were really comfortable, I'm sure, where you were in life at 40 that you had done all those things and you had walked in many shoes and you have finally arrived to like, I'm very comfortable with what I am and whatever my next journey is, I'm okay with that. So that's kind of what why we chose to call ourselves. Oh, that's great. And shoes. when you look around, you can, I can see that concept. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, so fast forward a couple of years after that celebration, um, I had an unfortunate circumstance, which was one of my relatives passed away. And I discovered at the funeral that she had gone through uh, uh, trying times and had become homeless. And unbeknownst to the family, and once they received her belongings from the shelter, um, she had two pair of shoes. And this was a woman who had a plethora of shoes. So it, I was very perplexed by that whole situation. And I thought to myself, how is this that I just a couple of years ago celebrated being woman, hear me roar, and all the beautiful things that I accomplished at that time. And then I had someone that was so close to me, well, she was in Texas, I was here in Atlanta, that had gone through such adversity. So I started volunteering in uh, with my church, which was Cascade United Methodist Church, and uh, volunteering with the homeless. Uh, uh, the homeless ministry. The homeless ministry mm-hmm. with Ali McCullen. And so I noticed that a lot of women did not have uh, shoes to 
uh, go to work, the kids push school and things of that nature. So um, as homage to my cousin, I started collecting new and gently worn shoes for the homeless, going out to low-income areas, low-income schools, underserved communities, and giving shoes away. And the next thing I know, a nonprofit was born. <laughs> well, that is a beautiful, it's a very compelling story it as is. well, compassion. So the sadness became a, a purpose, and yeah. um, I was able to make other people happy and um, I, I, I'm really proud of it. Your I, pain was transferred to your passion absolutely. and your purpose. Yes. And look at the benefactors now. Your cousin would be very proud. Thank you. Yeah. And so are we very, very proud of you. Thank you. And so, uh, Sarah, I think you have a question. I you do. look like you have a I question. I do. I do. Um, how can people donate? Do they go to your website? Do they bring you know, things physically to you? How do, how do we do that if we wanted to donate? So I have one of my sponsors, which is the 14th Street Storage in Midtown Atlanta. They can drop off shoes there. Okay. Um, we have a big shoe drive once a year, and so they can they may do, do that. And they can contact us at uh, 40girlsandsomeshoes.org. And if it is available, we will meet them if it, the distance isn't over 10 miles. We okay. can meet them and collect the shoes from them. That's how we... Gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. Yeah. And Very so good. what what type of groups would you reach out to that may want to collect shoes for you and just bring you a barrel of shoes? Um, we have um, had church churches to do shoe drives. We've uh, gone with uh, sororities and even fraternities. I've had shoe stores that have donated uh, shoes that have out of season that they're needing to uh, get off the shelves and uh, they donate through That's that. That's fantastic. Yeah, so. and, and are you doing your shoe drive to service customer clients here in Atlanta only or how how wide is your reach? Well, that's a good question. I have gone to Haiti twice. Oh, nice. Uh, we adopted a uh, orphanage over there and we took shoes over there for them, shoes as well as clothes and, and uh, bought food and things like that for the orphanage. And um, we have uh, sent shoes out to Ghana, West Africa for a village there. Yes. Oh, that's my sweet spot. Ah. Yeah, I have an orphanage that we support in Ghana, in Accra. Were you in Accra? Ah, uh, yeah. Was it the Osu House? Which one um, do you? No, it was in connection with the Chapman. Are you familiar with the Chapman Foundation, the Sheen Magazine? No, I don't, I'm not. I'm solo. I just oh. go on my own. Oh, oh yeah. I, we need to go with you. <laughs> Let's, we should do it. But, I'm going to plan a trip for a group of us uh, sometime next year when I, we can free up the calendar it's looking more, I thought it would be March, but now it looks more like October next year. Ah, I would love that. Well, we we sent the shoes through uh, Sheen Magazine, the Chapman Foundation, and there was a village there that they supplied other items, you know, uh, sanitary napkins yes. and things of that nature. And so we provided the shoes for them a few years back. Okay, yeah. but you haven't been yet. I haven't been. Oh, my gosh. Let me just share with you for a moment. Please. The most humbling experience ever. Smart, savvy businesswomen like Mary Parker understand that while getting there is half the battle, staying there is the other half. And one important way to do that is marketing yourself. 
Your marketing plan is strong, but it's nice to add a personalized touch so people will remember your brand. Enter AnyPromo.com. AnyPromo.com is a terrific online source for all your promotional needs. And their slogan is, Let's Make Marketing Make Sense. And since this is a podcast, and that leaves our listeners visually challenged, Sense is spelled C-E-N-T-S. Great products that are budget-friendly. Any promo gives businesses of any size the power of big-time branding. They've got mugs, t-shirts, wedding and party favors, and tons more. Grow your brand or keep spreading the word with the help of Any Promo's amazing customer support team. The Chicken Charge understands how branded marketing adds legitimacy to any business. An amazing logo, custom printed on polo shirts, works wonders for name recognition, but also lets customers know that this is a first-class company that means business. Any Promo is happy to offer a special deal just for the Chicken Charge listeners. Go to anypromo.com slash chickincharge and get 12% off your order just by entering the code chickencharge as one word at checkout. Think 12% is a little specific? It still beats only 10%. Get the benefit of great marketing for cents on the dollar. Go to anypromo.com slash chickincharge and get 12% off your order just by entering chickincharge at checkout. Anypromo.com. For a few cents, help your marketing make sense. And I don't think I need to spell that one out for you. Anypromo.com. Let's make marketing make sense. I'm so I've been probably 10, 12 times. I uh, used to go three times a year. Oh I, I just had to go back. My first trip, the first time first time I went, within three months, I went back. I've been to, uh, there was a need because when I got there, I realized how Americanized I was. So it was such an, it was a humbling experience for me because, you know, here we think of a driver. We're going to have limo service, right? That's right. your first thought. Well, when I got there, my driver was someone to pick me up in a hoopty, and it was not air conditioned. <laughs> so that was my first experience into the country. And I thought, okay. Then you're, you're talking about housekeepers and all of that. Well, I'm thinking something else, but no, th this is the livelihood of people who live there. That's their jobs. And I wanted to find a school. It wasn't very many schools. I said, well, then take me to an orphanage. I want to go. They took me to the Osu house. And the Osu house, all the babies and children there are kids who are left on the sides of roads in villages without parents. And they were brought there. And when I went to visit those children, that's the reason I had to keep going back. I didn't take anything the first time. So I went shopping. I bought pampers and food and so forth and so on. Next trip, I start collecting all the clothes I could find and Girl Scout cookies and just everything I could do. But they wouldn't let me see the babies. Oh, no. Because in orphanages, I didn't know. You, you can't go in because, you know, the kids are so, they're so young and susceptible. But finally, they allowed me to go in. And I was able to hold the babies. Oh, 
And they had three special needs children in there, and I was able to hold and touch them and pray with them. I have never had a greater experience than that of my whole life. There was a little girl, Michelle. I have two kids that I support. Michelle and Prince. Okay. I remember when I met Michelle, she took my hands, and she kept feeling my fingers. And I was picking her up, and she wrapped her legs around my body, and she held on to me for dear life. Wow. I'll never forget that moment. That must have been amazing I wanted to bring them home. I wanted to bring all the kids home. So know that what you're doing, and I get very emotional when I talk about it. That's love, though. It's not yep. feeling sorry for them. So regardless of how small you started with the 40 uh, girls and some shoes, the lives that you're impacting, you'll never know. Right. You'll never know. It's a good thing. And however many of us can help you with that, we will. I will. We'll do a container at Junction Twenty Eight Hundred. Oh, that would be so. Amazing. People in Southwest Atlanta can be part of a giving campaign. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. You know, yeah. and we'll do that for Christmas. We we sell. We um, support a couple of other organizations, but I love what you're doing, and we'll adopt you as well. Oh, thank you. Well, the feeling that you had is exactly. And I did go to Haiti the the, the two times that I went over for um, to give back to them to the orphanage, and I had that same experience. The kids, I wanted to take them all home. Yeah, it's such an amazing. <laughs> we were so blessed. How, how did you told about the story? But how much of how much time do you devote to your organization and how do you balance that? As you know, that is a hard balancing act. When I started off, I was like yourself. I was so passionate about it and and even the children that are here in Atlanta that I would encounter, I would want to take them home cuz many of them were from shelters right. and low-income schools and um I just, they would be so grateful for the shoes. And some, and, and some of the shoes were used shoes, but it didn't matter because they did not have shoes. Or their shoes had holes in them and things of that nature. So I found myself buried in my passion. And I, will, I, I don't think I speak of this often. I almost went broke because I stopped working as much and I gave more to my to my purpose here and but I loved every moment of it but I knew I had to work still I still had more did you <laughs> so I um I had to find that balance and so what I did was I had to push back on the frivolous things that I uh, would ordinarily buy for myself and things that I would do and I um, and that allowed me, not to work as much. I had to budget myself, and and that gave me the balance that I would be on a budget where I can give more. And I changed my schedule around because I had traveled all over the world, so I didn't need to see anything else again. You know, I, wow. I traveled, and so I've been doing this for, like I said, 30 years. And so I was like, okay, Sylvia, there's no need for you to go back here and there unless you're going there for this purpose. So I just cut back on my traveling and and balanced it all out. And so I got back on track and I'm so happy. Like I'm so happy because I, I strongly believe that when you do have a purpose, work is easy. Ooh, well, that is such a perfect analogy. So I uh, love them both. Oh yeah, and just to be able to do what you enjoy every day, 
Today, I'll give you an example. I think I may have gotten three hours of sleep last night. <laughs> but I knew what I'm doing. I called my daughter this morning on the way to work. I said, look, I need you guys talking to me. I'm not sleeping at all because my mind won't calm down. And I believe in, I just so believe that the more we give, the reason the more we give is more to give is because we're open, we're open, and we're now more aware of the needs of others, and we're not concentrating on ourselves. But, you know, probably like yourself, what I find is we really don't need all the things that we think we need in life. When we get outside of ourselves and look at how much so many other people really do need just to have the basics of life. That's great. Well, you're doing a great job with what you're doing, but I want to also talk a little bit with you about how did you get here? I know that your first job was at Wendy's, but beyond Wendy's and, you know, now being in the nonprofit space, give us a little information in the middle there about you. Well, I'll I'll tell you that um, I I started my first job was like 15 at Wendy's. And at that time, and I think I said this to Sarah, at that time, you know, you're going into your first job, like every teenager in America and around the world. uh, I was excited about it. I was finally going to have my own money and be independent. And I got in there, and the manager who didn't know me very well but had watched me for like the first week, and he says, I'm going to put you in the lead position. And I thought, me? You know, me and the lead position. She started out being the chicken charge. What yeah, you say? started yeah. out being the chicken charge, really. Um, and I thought, well, I don't know if I'll be good at this because at home I'm the oldest child. Mm. And I was considered bossy. And so I said, you know, they're not going to like me. My family thinks I'm bossy. They're going to think I'm bossy. So he says, that's okay because you are going to be the boss on this shift. And I said, okay. And Next thing I know, I, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. So throughout... Um, That's a great story. Yeah. yeah throughout, <laughs> as I became a cheerleader in high school, I became a captain. And as I went on to college, I was always finding myself in a leadership role. And sometimes I would think, okay, you're really overbearing. <laughs> I would try to kick back on it and... The people who were under me would say, oh, no, we need Sylvia to do it. And I was like, okay, I think it's okay to be a boss. Yep. You know, and they didn't call it boss at that time. I was like, okay, it's okay to lead and kind of be a little controlling because oftentimes um, people need direction and they need to be led, you know, to make them better. And, of course, it would always make me balance and it helped me to uh, do what I'm doing today because I started very early understanding individuals right. and their personalities just by Wendy's working there in the beginning I understood personalities of my counterparts which were 15 and 16 year olds and so as I um, progressed through life that's I have a diverse background of people that are I consider friends and associates very close associates and I'm able to balance them out because I learned my leadership so early. Well, that is so amazing, and I love to hear that story. And so from this day forward, when someone asks you that question, you can proudly say, I've always been the chicken charge. Always. Always been the chicken (laughs) charge. And so during that whole phase of growth for you, do you remember having mentors and, you know, who were they and the impacts that they had on your life? Um, I would... I would say that uh, I had well, I had many 
uh, mentors. And I don't think I, we, well, like I said, I'm 56. I don't think that we call them. <laughs> we all we all went what we all what no, no one no one can see that but we yes. all went what and we didn't see that one coming did we? Oh no! Wow! Yes. Congratulations! Thank she you. looks twenty. Yeah. Thank you. Unbelievable. So I, they didn't call them mentors back the, then. You know, they just uh, they were leaders of the community. Uh, teachers I had you know many teachers that would say you can do this I, I think you're you know strong enough to handle this position and and once again I had learned very early to handle different personalities and so I was always put in that role so by where there was the manager at Wendy's the cheerleading coach and went down to my supervisors and in um, the airline industry because I actually started out at Continental Airlines and I was in their marketing department out of school. And so when I began to uh, get a little, I wanted something else. Even that supervisor said to me, go for it, you can do whatever That's you fantastic. like to do. And so I think I had just so many along the way. And, and my, my parents were very strong people, so they were always pushing me to succeed and exceed my, my what I thought were, um, my abilities to go further in life. Well, you have had an amazing life. Thank and, you. And, you know, I often like to ask questions about, you know, what would you say to your younger self? Because I like to hear the stories from so many others, but you've pretty much shared yours. Right. Okay. Is there any one thing that you want to say to the audience that you want them to remember you by? Or remember, how will they remember you? Wow. They remember me that I have a selfless heart. I'm a giver. I'm always there for others. I often put others in front of myself. Um, as I have grown, I've learned that you have to have self-care yeah. in order to continue this to journey. Care for, care for everybody yeah. else. So I just uh, would like them to remember that uh, although m what I do with 40 Girls and Some Shoes is a small um, gesture of giving, it makes an amazing impact on the life of those who are in need. And I want you to remember that I was that person that gave a little, but it meant a lot. Can't say anything else. No, there it is. You've been a wonderful guest. We want to get to know you better. Yeah. Uh, we want to see what we can do to support. I'm going to give the website again. That is 40girlsandsomeshoes.org. Yes. And that is located right here in Atlanta, Georgia. There's no excuse that if you want to help, that we've given you all the contact information. And I just want to come back once again and invite you to join us on the 18th of this month for the open house of Junction 2800. I would love We're to. We're so excited. And if you have some you know, other people that you want to bring with you, please feel free to do so. And you, I'm going to declare right now that you and your organization will be one of our partners that we support. So congratulations. Oh, thank you, and congratulations on Junction. Thank you, and thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much. And you are definitely one of those women that I have met on this show that has evolved over the course of time to the chicken charge. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us today. And again, I am Mary Parker, the chick in charge. Subscribe to The Chick in Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success 
tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge. So